0: If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now, here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, and you are listening to episode number 36 where we are talking about fun and educational Halloween activities that you can do in your classroom, and many of them are very low prep and great for last minute, which is perfect because I'm recording this almost last minute. At my school, we actually have Friday off this week, so I really just have tomorrow and Thursday to put into these activities into play. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. So I know that my principal really looks for bell-to-bell instruction. So the best way I can ensure I'm doing that is to put educational activities in my quote-unquote classroom party time. Now, she is allowing us for a one-hour classroom event (laughs) on Thursday afternoon for Halloween, or in this case where I live, Nevada. So it's Nevada Day coming up. So we're using kind of both as a way to celebrate. So one of the ways you can put some educational fun into your classroom for Halloween is to test your students' memory. So one of my favorites is to just get a tray, and you're going to do a memory activity with them. So you just get about five to ten items, and if they're Halloween themed, that can be great. Things like a pine cone, candy corn, those little event racers that you find at like Target, so like a ghost one, a spider, whatever you happen to find in the mini erasers. You can find um, mini pumpkins, all kinds of stuff. So you're just gonna put five to 10 of them on a tray. So I recommend starting with five because you wanna start easy and get harder. <laughs> and you just put them on a tray. You are going to put it under your document camera and you're not gonna show your students what you're doing until you're ready for the countdown. So once your tray's all ready, once you're ready to reveal it to the students, then you're gonna start a timer. And I recommend no more than one minute because you want it to be kind of hard. And you time them for one minute to just look at what you have under the tray. They're gonna to try to memorize it, and then you're gonna cover it up when the time's up. And you're gonna ask them to either draw pictures of what they saw or to write in words what they saw. And then you can have like a little winner or just the great knowledge of a job well done, and then you're going to do it again. So this time you're going to rearrange the objects or you're going to add a few more. You're going to take maybe one away and you can just continue doing that a couple times playing that game. And the best thing is because you are not having the students touch the objects, this is a germ-free activity perfect for our COVID times right now. Okay, so the second thing I have is you're going to test their listening skills. So there's a couple of different activities I have for this one. The first one, which is also very low prep, is to do a directed drawing activity. Now, if you've never heard of directed drawing activity, it's pretty simple and it's just like it sounds. You're directing them to draw something. So keep it Halloween-themed, or if you have people in your classroom that are not allowed to celebrate holidays, then you can pick just like a fall theme picture to have your class do this. So you just pass them out one sheet of copy paper, and you tell them which way to hold the copy paper and where to start drawing. Now, I do not model as I go because I kind of want to test their listening skills. And I also think it's way more fun if they don't know what they're drawing and if they just have to listen and figure out where on the paper they're putting these shapes and objects that they're drawing. To me, that's the whole enjoyment of this. And they still turn out really good. And you have a whole variety of different ways the students have interpreted what you have said. So I find that turns out really cool. But you can also model as you go if that's your preference. There's really no wrong way here. But if you're going to test their listening skills, I like to keep it strictly listening and not have the students seeing what they're doing. So I'm not modeling it as I go. Okay. So another way to test their listening skills is an old time favorite of mine. I used to do this so often in my first grade class and my current second graders could really benefit from the extra practice on using their hundreds charts as well. So this listening activity is to do a hidden picture hundreds chart. Okay, so it's also called a um, mystery picture. So if you search hundreds chart mystery pictures on Teachers Pay Teachers, you're bound to find several ones that you can use. There's also some free ones. There's a lot of pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns, which I try to steer away from because I don't want something specific Halloween-ish. So I did find a freebie on there that was a spider, but I'm going to change the directions to it. So, for the spider activity that was free on TPT, she just had them, you just said the number, like 56, and then they find 56 and they color it black or whatever color it was. I like to challenge my students a little bit more because I'm assuming they should be able to find those numbers and recognize them. So, now I'm testing them on place value. So, I'm going to say, instead of color 56, I'm going to say, this number has a six in the ones place and a five in the tens place. And then they have to think to themselves, oh, that's 56. And then they have to find it and color it, what color I tell them. So that's a really fun thing to do. And like I said, you can find a few freebies on Teachers Pay Teachers and do that. You can also just do it with straight recognizing the numbers. That's fine too. Just do whatever your class needs and where they are at. So that's always a fun one. And it's also a nice one to do throughout the school year because they do need that number recognition and the practice of finding the numbers, knowing the numbers go 10 more and 10 less on a hundreds chart. Actually, I guess it would be 10 less, 10 more, depending on how you're looking at it. So they need they really need that ability to manipulate their numbers, so to speak. And it really starts with that hundreds chart. Okay. So the next way I have, so we've done, they should test their memory skills, they can test their listening skills, and they can practice their spelling words, of course. If you've been listening to my podcast, you know I had a whole series on spelling words. I think sight words for spelling words are super important because they should not only learn how to read them, but also spell them. And a lot of times we've focused so much on them reading the sight words that we forget to have them learn how to spell them as well. So in my class, spelling words means spelling sight words. I have a whole program about it. You can go to my blog post and search literacy and you'll see my series on spelling and you can read all about it there. So, what my class would do for this activity is they have to have a headband. And you might have seen this game before. Years ago, it wasn't really a thing, but then some toy maker <laughs> created it into a board game. Or maybe it was a lot round a long time ago and I didn't see it. Either way, now I know that they actually have this in a store. So, a student wears a stretchy headband and then they plop the flash card inside their headband so their partner can see it, but because it's on their head, they can't see what they have. So you can do this two different ways. You can get the stretchy headbands at Dollar Tree is my preference because usually it's cheaper there. You can also use pipe cleaners twisted together to make like a little headband. All you really need is something on their head that you can tuck the card inside. I've also seen people cut long strips of construction paper and staple it together and make a headband that way. So whatever works for you. I've also heard where people can lick the cards and stick it on their head. Would not recommend that because of the germs and everything. I wouldn't even go there. Besides, I tend to use paper flashcards. I don't think they would stick as well. So figure out which method you're going to use. And then, like I said, there's two ways to play the game. The first way is that players can see their partner's card and they're trying to read and spell what their partner has on their head. The second way, which is the way I usually play, is that the player wearing the headband is trying to guess what word they personally have on their headband. So it's like a secret. So in order to play that version, somebody has to put the headband on the student without them looking. So if you have partners, the partner can do it and you just want to make sure they close their eyes when you tuck the card in there. So maybe they can put the headband on, but their partner has to tuck the flash card in or something. So that's how you do that. And then the partner is going to provide clues. So they might say there are five consonants in your word And then they have to think in their word, okay, what words do I have where there was only five consonants? Or they'll tell them how many syllables are in the word or how many vowels the word has. Or if it's a word that rhymes with something else, maybe they can provide a rhyming word and say, this word rhymes with cat. And maybe the word is that, right? That they're trying to guess. They might say, this word has four letters. The first letter is a tall letter. So they can kind of provide those kind of clues and then the player tries to guess. And so the person that wins is the player that has the most cards correct at the end. So if they get the card correct, they get to keep it. If not, it goes in another pile. And last but not least, uh, the last educational activity I have is that students can write a spooky story. Now this is a very popular idea to do at Halloween. I think almost every grade level does a spooky story during Halloween, but students love it. Students love the opportunity to write spooky stories and their imagination can go wild. So I actually use my four-day spooky story lessons as a springboard into fiction writing, which we cover as soon as Halloween's over, beginning of November. So what better way to warm up their imaginations than to write the spooky story and kind of give a tease into what fiction writing is going to be all about. So first, of course, you have to lay down some ground rules because whenever students hear spooky, some of them have seen some inappropriate horror movies and know a little bit too much about violent video games (laughs) that spooky might take on a whole new meaning. So you really have to discuss what exactly does spooky mean? And I say that spooky just means slightly scary, but it's not bloody. It's not gory. It's not something you're going to see in a horror movie where you're too scared to sleep. And so once I explain that, my class is usually really good about what they're going to write in their spooky stories. I get a lot of haunted houses, which is fine. They all like to talk about ghosts and creepy noises and spiders. And so we can brainstorm a list of scary things and students can pick from that. We can expand the horizons (laughs) because normally you'll have everybody's writing about a spooky house, but it doesn't have to mean a spooky house. It could be something else. One of my classmates, um, not my classmates, one of my students came up with a carnival setting today in class. So that was really cool to kind of have something other than a spooky house. Okay, so during this week of Halloween, I teach a four-day lesson on how to write a spooky story. Students are learning a brief introduction to how to add characters' thoughts, feelings, and actions to the story to make it extra spooky. They work on crafting a setting. They work on beginning, middle, and end, and adding sequence words. The lessons can be done as a whole class. Or if you're really short on time, since right now you only have a few days left, but Um, before Halloween comes up on you and maybe you're like me and you have one of those days off, then you can kind of combine some of those lessons. Like I was absent yesterday and I had a sub that didn't quite follow the plans. You know how that goes. So I combined yesterday's lesson and today's lesson because I really wanted to make sure they had that foundation of what is their setting before we moved on with their stories because I wanted the end result to be what was going to fit my expectations and the rubric. So I am hoping to get Spooky Stories out for sale soon. I may or may not reach my goal since it's already past midnight here and I have work in the morning, (laughs) but if not, it will be in my store for purchase, maybe for another year. You do not have to buy anything, but I do appreciate you listening to this podcast So just to recap, we did educational classroom activities for Halloween, and the first way you can be educational is to test students' memory, right? Memory is always an excellent thing to work on with students, especially when they need to memorize facts, memorize spelling words. It's just a good overall skill, right, to memorize phone number, your address. Those are all things that are part of our second grade standards where I'm living, So we test their memory, we tested their listening skills by either doing a directed drawing activity or a mystery hundreds chart picture, or both if you prefer, like I'm gonna do both this week. And we also practiced our spelling words by quizzing our partner in a fun way by wearing headbands and making it kind of a secret guessing game. And we wrote a spooky story. So I would love to know what are some of your favorite Halloween educational activities. If you go ahead and leave me a review on iTunes, I will be able to see what you're commenting with, or you can go to my blog post, sharedteaching.com forward slash podcast, and you can leave a message on the appropriate blog post, which in this case would be educational Halloween classroom activities, and I will be able to see what you're writing about there and I can share with all our listeners. So thanks again for listening and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching. Hitting that subscribe button. And leaving us a review on iTunes. So we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode find new episodes each week on sharedteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.